0: Hey everyone, this is Zach on uh, EM Weekly, and I am really excited this week because I am joined by a fellow AAI evangelist, uh, Micah Gaudet. Micah, thank you for joining me, uh, especially sort of like last minute, threw you under the bus and like, let's record a podcast right now. I think this is really just supposed to be a chat, but I'm going to go okay. ahead and throw you right under the bus.
1: That's awesome, Zach. Yeah. You texted me, said, hey, ready to join? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> And then you're like, hey, go hey. to do a podcast? All right. Let's do it. Let's just grip it and rip it. That's what we have to do.
0: Uh, and speaking of grip it and rip it, uh, you have a, uh, interesting background starting with some military stuff and then working into your current role. Why don't you give us uh, a little bit of your background?
1: Yeah, so I started off in the 101st Airborne Division as a... Uh, screaming eagles. <laughs> yeah, screaming eagles. So I did that for a couple of years. And um, so, yeah, it was fun to do that kind of role. And actually, I, I worked in emergency management for the state of Ohio. So I was a... Public safety watch officer for Ohio EMA, and then later to a similar role for Ohio um, Homeland Security. So huge soft spot in my heart for EM, the world of EM, and yeah, that's 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 a uh, lots of fun stories from that world and from.
0: <laughs> well, from I folks gonna calling
1: say... at two a.m. on a, a, a Thanksgiving morning, so very. Oh yeah, very I, enjoyable I, I was time. the.
0: I was the black cloud. Whenever I was a duty officer, I, like we knew it was going to go off the rails. Uh, so emergency man, uh, there's like three kind of jobs that like I, I can commiserate in and sort of like, uh, our world. So there's emergency managers, city managers, and then event managers. I feel like it's a, it's a crowd that like, if we all came together to have drinks, we all have the worst war stories of like everyone screwing everything up for us and us having to make it work. So yeah. you, uh, I think went, uh, the opposite direction. I feel like sometimes people come from like government and then realize they'd rather do emergency stuff. Uh, you went from emergency stuff and then went into sort of your your government role that you do currently, which is a city yeah. manager, which is pretty awesome. We'll be right back after this quick break for ads. The L3 Harris Extreme 400P radio solves problems and is specifically designed for emergency services. How do we know? We field tested it with medical, urban search and rescue and collapse and confined structures. This radio is amazingly tough. Check out the L3Harris Extreme 400P radio at L3Harris.com right now. How do you spell Doberman Emergency Management? EOP, OEP, HVA, HMP, Thyra, TTX, Drone, PDA. Whenever you need an expert, Doberman Emergency Management field experts are there for support. Contact an expert at DobermanEMG.com today.
1: Yeah, I get to be the deputy city manager in the city of Maricopa, one of the fastest-growing cities in the country, second-fastest in the state of Arizona. So I oversee all of public safety for the city. So I still get that connection to the uh, to the public safety emergency management world, yeah. and which is fun. I like that world, and I think it's you work with some really great, great people, which is all that it's about. It's about working with people and talent yeah. more than anything else. So
0: yeah, and you have some bona fides to like bring to the table, which I think sometimes. Uh you know, especially folks that are in leadership roles, Um, you know, you're in charge of everything, whether you like it or not. So, you know, if you don't understand it, you don't have that background that can be like uh, a real challenge in sort of like bridging that communication gap and like, you know, uh, public safety, having been fire, EMS, law enforcement uh, is not always the most welcoming to an outsider, particularly a sort of political position, which city managers aren't, but are in a lot of ways. Um, So I think that probably uh, helps, but what we're talking about today specifically is AI. And the reason, like, I, I don't remember exactly how I came across you. It might have been, it was before you were, like, doing your podcasting and stuff and your your video clips. Um, actually, you might have just pinged me after the AI episode. I think that's what it was. I think that's where I, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. So. And you were like, hey, I'm using AI in this uh, way, and I think it's really interesting, and we should touch base. And that was, like, two months ago because we're both busy yes. individuals, uh, and we finally made it happen. But what... I guess. How did you dip your toes into AI, and what what did you start off using it for, or did you even know what you were going to use it for?
1: Zach, I started using it for dad jokes. That's nice, perfect. So
0: <laughs> we can I end the podcast to- right there. I think that's yeah, the only reason right. it should ever be used. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. So no, I started using it as just something for fun to do. I heard about it, you know, in a news article. Thought, oh, this is cool. So started doing like bedtime stories for my kid. That turned yeah. into, of course, you know, how can I make. Terrible dad jokes and incorporate the dad joke into the bedtime story, right? Yeah, right, all the stuff like that, and then started realizing, just wow, okay, this is very powerful. Maybe I should try this at work, and started with a couple, you know, ask a couple of questions about helping me edit a email or stuff like sure. that. Sure, yeah, it was kind of angry city races. manager
0: responding to some complaint. You're like, I probably can't send this. Let me run it through the AIs and have them figure this out.
1: Honestly, what it was is you get a bunch of those solicitation emails, right? Like, hey, we want you to see this product. And I just have no, like, I respect the fact that they are willing to do a job. They're trying to sell a product, right? Yeah. I just don't have the time to listen to every single sales pitch. So, but I want to be respectful to that. And so I want to send them back a response because they're making a livelihood. They're making a, a job. And so that's why I've been, that's what I started using AI for was that was responding back to those emails because that way they could have a response and it would take me three seconds to do.
0: Yeah, so I uh, have found, so like I, I get a lot of those solicitation emails as well and I often ignore them sort of based on whether it's like a formulaic uh, email that they're clearly sending or if they're like, hey, here's some background on you that we've looked into like and we're sending this because we think maybe you have an interest or something. Uh, and I've actually found sometimes that I've made these really interesting and cool connections through that. So it's really, it is smart to sort of respond. Plus as like a public servant, you know, you kind of have to like, you should be sort of responding, even if it's something that is clearly a money grab or some sort of thing that maybe you're not interested in, but that's really cool. That's a good way to sort of start. And like you said, you're, you're doing it to, you know, have that, uh, you know, respectful thing, but when you're busy, yeah, just responding to an email sometimes can seem like a a chore. So how did it evolve? Like, like, I guess, cause now you are like, you've created a course, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you are, like I said, sort of the, one of the evangelists in this field, particularly for city government that I found, um, you know, what, what is sort of the steps that you've gone from those dad jokes to sort of where you are now? Did you find like new uses? What, like, what was the sort of, like aha moment with it.
1: Yeah. So the, the aha moment for it was probably at a conference and I was at a conference in Kansas city and I was talking to a buddy there and he said, you know, I was telling him what I was doing with this and kind of how I like using it. And he said, Hey, just yeah. put this course together. And you know how it is when someone like, it's one thing when you're doing something for your own and kind of doing sure. that, right. It's another thing when you have a deadline and you really got to prepare <laughs> for it. Right. That's a different, has a you know, it just hits differently. Yeah. So, Having him say that, like, okay, yeah, let's do that, and putting a deadline together forced me to go in and just – I watched probably hundreds of hours of YouTube videos on how to do different things, and they just started realizing the applications to uh, local government, right? Just say, okay, hey, if they could do that here in the business side, here's how that works over here. If that's the marketing side, here's how that works with communications. And so just – did a whole bunch of research, looking at different articles, reading stuff. And that's where I really got, really, really got into it was for that webinar. And then since yeah. then just kind of took off and just kept trying to kept the momentum going.
0: Yeah. Which is really difficult because it evolves so quickly. Like uh, honestly, so, you know, like chat GPT, which, you know, for, for quick background, for everyone who doesn't know, like AI is sort of like, it's a lot of different things, but essentially it's mm-hmm. machine learning. Right. And then the thing that is, uh set or or suddenly like reinvigorated all this attention in ai is the uh natural language processing and then a really really good data set which is an llm which is a learning language model i now i can't remember llm is some sort it's a data set basically yeah and so Machine learning has been around forever. It's been around since like computers existed, automation, uh, you know, using a, a database to make decisions uh, in a, in a way that you don't you know, the human doesn't really have to do anything. Um, the relatively recent thing was chat GPT with its natural language uh, processing that spit out responses that sounded human. So um, there's like this golden, uh, you know, achievement of like, when you can't tell a machine is a machine, and and ChatGPT was pretty close in its original format. It's up to ChatGPT 4 now. Um, but since then, that's split off into a whole bunch of other stuff, because now you got yeah. everyone tapping into it as an API, and then there's some new ones. I've actually started using Claude more. Um, yes, yes. Because it actually, I think, has a little bit more power. I don't know if the, the data set's better or whatever, but I found that the responses have been much more sort of effective, but... Um, what did you start with, I guess? What was your, fir- your first uh, system that you tried out? And and well, for, was it the dad yeah. joke thing f- to start out with that?
1: Well, the, I don't remember what the dad joke was. I, I can't yeah. remember that one. But the, uh, <laughs> it was probably epic and probably great. I'll just put that out there. Yeah, of but course. No, <laughs> my kid probably hated it. But the, um, the first was ChatGPT. That's yeah. what I first started using. When a little after that, Bard started coming out. And so people are talking about how great Bard was, and so I did yeah. a little stuff with Bard. And honestly, I've, I think I've used hated it like it. five times in my entire yeah. Like, I, I just,
0: absolutely hated it.
1: It's, it's trash. And whenever people start comparing ChatGPT four to Bard, I'm um, you know, no, it's not even not even close to the to that. Not even I would.
0: I will argue. I think it's really good if you're doing research because it can. Ex, it can sort of extrapolate some information out, but it gives you the uh, sourced documents that I think uh, now ChatGPT I think can do the same thing yes. and stuff. But um, that was sort of like the advantage of BART initially. But yeah, the, as a as a model, it was like uh, it was like talk. It sounded like you were just talking to Google, which was like awkward. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I
1: was trying last night. Last night I was trying to take a picture of my fridge and have it le- tell me meals that i should make oh interesting in my fridge and bard was a little bit better in it than ChatGPT. ChatGPT really had struggle with it but yeah. i've heard it can do that but bard was a little better in it um but I that's can't like want next me- level stuff yeah I, I didn't even want think to it kept wanting me to put lettuce i don't have any and i don't have any lettuce in my-, <laughs> in my fridge right now so i don't know where they really got that from
0: yeah, the part I I so if you have Google Labs turned on, you can like check boxes and like have it do different things within your searches and when you're on Chrome and stuff. And on my phone, uh, it is annoying, but it's also cool anytime I do a search, you get the the window that pops up that gives you sort of the AI response. So it's like, you know, I'm searching for this topic or even this, you know, a uh, website or something. And yeah. it'll list off sort of a bulleted list of what it thinks it knows and then some links based on that and then where you can learn. So that is kind of useful. But yeah, I I, I quickly sort of was like, I'm not sure how to use this. Uh, it just didn't feel like a time saver where ChatGPT you know, Mm -hmm. I, I started to. So, um, all right. So from there, you've, you've started playing around with chat GPT and and maybe some other ones. What are the first things that you sort of like, uh, you know, Oh, I could make my job easier if I do this. Were you just kind of building prompts? Were you just like using it for research or,
1: uh, it was research, but then I just, I realized quickly that I'm better at the research than the, the chatbot because the amount of oh, time work I have to, because the amount of work I have to do to verify the information, yeah. I might as well just do it myself.
0: Trust me, um, verify. Can, what an intel analyst, uh, you know, response yeah. there. Yeah.
1: Yes, I mean, you got to be careful what you're putting out. There's nothing wrong with we've used it to augment research. Sure. But what I first started doing was using it for job descriptions. I was writing a lot yeah. of different job descriptions at the time and writing memos, and so I started using it for that, uh, and even for. Analyzing business cases that would come in, and so I, at work, I just started using it for that kind of thing. And I brought in one by one. I brought in my my leadership team in public safety, and just said, "Hey, I just want to show you this. This is crazy." And yeah, it was just like organic conversation, just like, "Hey, this is really cool. I want to show you this." And every almost every single one of them has taken off with it, and they use it now and incorporate that from our police and fire chief to our emergency manager as talks about using it. And it's it's a lot
0: of fun. Yeah, I think a lot of people, uh, particularly folks that are in, I think, senior positions, could look at it like a lot of new technology. A, it's scary. B, I don't understand it. C, like it's going to replace me type of thing. So uh, it's really important, I think, especially for you know someone in your position to sort of be like, hey, like let's play around with this and see where it's at, you know, and let's not be scared of it because like it or not, it's coming. So you either oh, get yeah. on board or you don't. Um, and especially for those types of things. So I, I same way, like I kind of started with trying to find ways, uh, you know, like I've always been uh, a one person emergency management shop, you know, even when I was at the state, like I was very, very, I had my own role and it can be really, really tough, you know, when you're trying to do everything right. Like, um, and so I've found it useful, really useful for augmenting my, my own capabilities basically. So same way. Uh, the, the big moment for me was sort of like, you know, looking at a really complex, like RFP or a grant proposal or something and just being like, oh my gosh, like this is 20 pages of, I don't even understand this. And I could just take the PDF of it, drop it in Claude and then say, all right, give me the high level stuff I need to know. It's going to go through and analyze it and spit out a bunch of bullets. And then I'm like, all right, well, can you template a response for me so that when I need to fill this out, like I will have some, some sort of context or, or a clarification how they can ask it. Cause working in government, a lot of government yeah. forums make zero sense. The way they ask yes. a question was written by like, uh, some sort of robot that is not yes. a natural language processing unit. And, you know, I've spent time, like sometimes when you're, you know, you're busy, you're like, I don't even know how to answer this question. And that's where I found it super, super powerful. You just, feed it into the, you know, uh, AI and then let it analyze it and see if it comes out the other end, uh, clear. And, you know, sometimes it's like, if it's something really complex, you put it in there and you're like, explain this to me. Like I'm a Mm five-year-old. All right. I get the, the, this part of it now explain to me, like I'm a high schooler and just slowly progressively, as you become more sophisticated in your own knowledge, then uh, it can provide that information in that level, so that's been hugely helpful. Which I think for a government person, especially trying to interpret laws or um, you know compliance regulations, uh, that can be really really huge because laws are not written to be read by a, a normal person. You know, they're they're written in a specific manner that you know honestly people probably can't explain why they write them the way they do, but they're written that way and they have been for hundreds of years, so we're never going to change it. So yeah, really interesting.
1: Yeah, and I think it's interesting too, Zach. Within emergency management, because of the you talk about a lot of emergency managers are one man or one woman shops, right? Yeah. And so you're filling in all those ESF functions. You're just going seamlessly the one to the next. And yeah. so what ChatGPT can do too, it's just the connection to that one to augment and to help create efficiencies. But another thing too is for them to understand when you're looking at a document. Hey, I'm looking at this through the eyes of you know, ESF four or whatever yeah. it is, you can, but you can tailor that and another part we've been using too. And, and I think this is applicable to our emergency management friends is in grant applications. Yeah. And so one of the things I've been doing with that is having it go through the grant and have it tell me what are the requirements for it. And that way I can kind of estimate and cost estimate, time estimate the staff requirements because a lot of times you get that $50,000 yeah. grant, but it costs you $65,000 in staff time.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> or some match right. that you miss that you get the great, they're like, you've you've yep. got it. It's $20,000 match and you either got cash or you got to like, uh, you know, offset it with yeah, labor and stuff. And you're or like, donate, oh crap.
1: <laughs> or it's the donation of $20,000 worth of plasma or something. Like yes. That. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I know. So those are things that I think are really, really helpful because we just get these, yeah. we see the grant and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Let's get a grant. Like, yeah well it's, sometimes it's not always worth it and look at the, all the hidden costs and all the other reasons if you can do it yourself it can be it can be beneficial
0: yeah and and i think a lot of agencies leave money on the table one of the the challenges that we had in our state forever was hazard mitigation or hazard yeah mitigation oh god is it HMPG or HMG the one that comes after the uh, disaster. I think it's HMG, but like yeah. a lot of our small. Uh, so Vermont is primarily volunteer emergency managers. So you know they might have a a uh, uh, someone within the the town office that is there to collect money, but they're not mm-hmm. doing uh, any sort of financial analysis. They're not really able to support grant writing. Uh, yeah. They're just basically your fiduciary agent, you know, uh, and they'll stamp it, you know, once it's done. But it, they, they're they very busy and it's small town. So, you know, it's might be one person who's the town manager, <laughs> the fiduciary mm-hmm. agent, the highway department lead, all of this stuff. And so they were just millions and millions and millions of dollars just left on the table after disasters because no one could sort of put in the effort uh, or or understanding or, um, you know, support to write these grants and get money back for you know, potentially limiting future disasters. And of course, FEMA grant application and DHS grants applications are not the most easiest to navigate. Um, and they're really built for big agencies, like with lots of resources and actual mm-hmm. grant writers on there. So yeah, huge use, really, really valuable. Um, and I think that for anyone who's listening so far should be a huge takeaway is like, don't leave that money on the table, and and if you don't think you can do it, let the let the computer help you.
1: Yeah, use it to help you write the grant, help you write the yeah. And that was honestly Zach. That's one of the things I did too. At what I that I think probably um, gave the people I was talking to that aha moment in the webinar was yeah. I walked them through how to use ChatGPT to apply for a CDBG grant. Yeah, and so that was kind of the oh okay this is this is. This is something it's not just create a quick document because you can think that you're faster than ChatGPT you creating a document or <laughs> things like that. But when it goes into, OK, there's this is a different level. And it was actually it was grants it was CBDG grant.
0: Yeah. And then you just in, in the you know, the like I said, sort of the process that I've worked with some of these is, you know, I, I use the system whatever one I'm using at that day, depending on which model has been updated, uh, I'll feed it the document or the information. It'll spit out, you know, the, the first understanding. And then I might say, hey, can you like, help me create sort of a, uh, like I said, I really like templates. I really like checklists. Uh, I'm a command post yeah. controller in the Air National Guard. So I live and die nice. by checklists there. So nice. huge fan of checklists. And uh, you know, that has been super helpful. Okay, so what is it that I'm trying to accomplish? I'm trying to write a grant. Okay, here's the grant. What are those high level things that I need to know going into this? All right. There is uh yeah, there's a cost share of some degree. There is a requirement for you to share this resource with other people. So there's going to be an outreach component. Once you have it, there's an inspection period, uh, especially for piece of equipment. You know, usually your DHS, I, I don't know if people are actually going out inspecting it. I know this, our state did at one point, they would send people out and make sure that that money was spent on it and that it was there, that it was available um, that you didn't defraud the government. It can happen. It, maybe it yeah. won't, but but it might. And having that on there. Okay. So we might have to have some sort of audit program. So I'm going to maybe ask it to build a inspection program, you know, to verify that it's there, that it's working. And, you know, uh, are there other pitfalls? Like there's no maintenance support on this. Uh, most grants don't pay for maintenance. So you have to plan for those costs. Okay. I'm getting a Mobile command posts. This happened yep. after 9-11. I don't know if you remember, yep. but everyone got a mobile command post. <laughs> yes. And then they found yes. out it is so expensive to maintain. Every piece of software, the screen breaks, whatever it is. So you can estimate, like, okay, how much does it cost to, you know, maintain a giant truck of this yes. model? And then, yeah, uh, uh, you know, how often do you have to update radio systems and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so you're going through all that. Yeah. You're building something else. Yeah, you might get to the other end and be like, pfft no, thanks. Like this is, this is out of our reach. Or you at least can then have a plan for it. And as it's spitting this stuff out, you're just copying, pasting that into the grant application saying, here is my, um, my inspection, you know, uh, procedure here is my, uh, long-term cost and maintenance and how we're going to manage that. And that's all stuff that like, as a grant receiver, who's going to, who's going to be going through this, they're going to be going, Oh, wow. Like people don't usually respond with this depth. Like you're now the grant winner because you've thought yes, this through yes. and and it's a liability off us because we know you have some sort of plan. And then at the yep. end, you can just take all that and say, Hey, make this a checklist and you put it in your inventory uh, sheet. And then mm-hmm. uh, when you've got your grant, you've got your equipment, you just take it off the shelf and go, all right, here's my monthly inspection. Here's my yearly inspection. Yep. Have I done this? Blah, blah, yep. blah. I mean, it's, it's a full life cycle thing. And, and you could do it with anything too. Like I have really found it helpful for training and exercise plans, you know? Yeah. yeah. Trying to take a complex topic and say, how could a, you know, cause again, you can put in a specific role. So like, you know, for instance, in yours, you might say, I need to get the police chief spun up on, you know, the latest community policing, you know, strategy or something yep. and take that document, put it in there. This is the best practice and then go, all right, I know cause I'm his boss, or her boss, that mm-hmm. they have this much available time. So they've got, let's say, two hours a week to sort of devote to learning this process or yeah, this yeah. policy, and they need to learn it in the next month. So take this into you know usable chunks and give me a two-hour-a-week for the next four weeks training plan for this document, and poof, you'll have it. It may not be perfect, yep. but it's yeah. a lot better than the arbitrary, like, just spinning your wheels technique that I think a lot of us have just become so accustomed to. And and I, I'm your city managers, emergency managers, chiefs are project managers, whether we want to acknowledge yes. it or not, that is what we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And hardly any of us have, you know, the PPM or was it CPM, whatever the certified project manager, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. certifications and have gone through that training. And so that's been a huge bonus for me. I am terrible. I got ADHD. I can't focus on anything. So, uh, using well, I think
1: it's it for great that too to be able to tailor it. You talk about the example of the training, right? Where if you're leading multiple departments or have multiple areas under your your purview, you can have it. Okay, I need this training on, say, work culture for the police chief. Similar one, I can make the same one, but have it tailored a little differently to the fire chief, a little differently to my public safety administrative um, manager. And so you can kind of tailor each section. And even within the departments, I could say, okay, this is for the command level. This is for the sergeants, lieutenants. This is for the corporals. This is for the officers. This is for patrol officers. This is for traffic. Like you can tailor everything down to what you need, where kind of as granular as you need to go, which is really, really helpful.
0: Yeah. So with that, what are sort of like some of the best practices that you've discovered in your exploration of ai like like what are some things that like you wish you had known uh from day one uh you know and now you know and you're like crap that would have saved a lot of time if i had only known this uh when i was writing my dad jokes
1: yes i think it is it's the i mean prompt engineering is probably isn't as big of a deal as people make it out to be i think it's kind of yeah. overhyped, but at the same time hey, there's a lot having- of people making
0: a lot of money as prompt engineers which is insane to me, but
1: well, yeah. Great. Great for them. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> I think, I think it'll be a short lived career. Um, but, but I think there is something to be said about writing effective prompts. Yeah. Right? I want, don't stress out about it. That's, that's one thing I talk to people about is don't stress out if you did not a perfect prompt. It's, it's not the end of the world. I would rather someone start using it as opposed to trying to figure out how to prompt. But And what is a prompt? The, Maybe
0: explain that as you're going into this. Cause I, not everyone may know what a prompt is.
1: So the prompt is simply the what you're putting into ChatGPT to get the desired output. So you could it's a question you're asking it, it's a statement you're giving it. Um, so it's different. It's you're putting it into the chat box to elicit the conversation. And the two things that I found really useful the prompt is giving it the role. I didn't yeah. do that right away. So either telling telling it who I am and what I'm looking to do, which is helpful to find the role, or telling yeah. it you are you know you are a city manager. And so having to respond in that regard and then giving it, uh, a desired, um, with the terminology for it is it's the desired output of what exactly I want from it, right? Being very specific with what I want. So if I want a job description for something, I would say I am the HR director for this city. I'm creating a job description for public works director and I want it focused on blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. And so what I've, what I've done, and especially as I've, looked at redoing job descriptions and there's some terminology that we want in the job description or a certain focus that we want in the job description i'm telling it okay i want this focus i want to make yeah. sure that this position is a champion of our mission and like,
0: objectives yeah exactly like dei yeah. like you know these things that maybe you know were uh they're newer concepts that you have to build into something that you may not have all the depth of knowledge of you know yeah leaning on the machine to sort of like help you that's really interesting um Yeah, the prompt engineering and just developing prompts is something that I've also spent a lot of time. The nice thing about ChatGPT is if you know you're asking sort of the same style question a lot. You can build that uh, ahead of time now in their uh, beta feature. They have, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name right now. I think it's like notes or something. And Mm. you can actually like basically put in the outline. Like I'm always gonna ask this question is this. And then one thing that I've told it is stop telling me you're an AI. I know you're an AI and that there's limitations to your data. Uh, I would much rather know like what are the top three pros and top three cons of this and then elements of that explanation. You can build that right in there. And and if you look online, yeah.
1: I didn't yeah, know that. Okay. That's yeah, cool. Yeah.
0: Really, really cool. And I so, like, mine is like, I'm an emergency manager and uh, I'll change it some. I think I left it as an emergency manager initially because I do private sector stuff for like my consulting job. And then I do mm-hmm. uh, public sector stuff. Like, I volunteer with uh, the local school district as an emergency manager. I work for the state uh, on the USAR team. So, I have changed that a little bit. But yeah, really coding into your prompt ahead of time. But again, ChatGPT is limited because the model only goes back, I think uh, it's up three years ago is like the most recent data. I know ChatGPT 5 is supposed to be coming out pretty soon. The other thing that I found that was really useful before I even get to that point is just ask it. Do you understand this concept yourself? And it may say like, no, this is a new concept. I don't have that data. And Mm -hmm. I can go, okay, cool. Now I'm going to go to the other uh, Claude maybe and say, do you understand this? Uh, especially when it's uh, cause FEMA stuff, like when I'm writing, uh, plans for people, like, again, I like to sort of have a template or a work plan developed out of that. So with, uh, with our local school, I'm like, I really want to match the guide for high quality, you know, school emergency operations plans. So just ask it, are you aware of FEMA's, uh, you know, school and, and like, what is your level of knowledge of it or something? And it will yeah. respond. It might say like, yeah. uh, I'm, I've, I know everything, or it might say, no, um, so I found that like as a good place to start, uh, uh, as well. Um, where has it gone off the rails for you? Where have you had times where you're like, Oh my gosh, maybe this isn't actually helping me in this situation or have, has that happened yet?
1: I think it's happened a couple of times, but it's mostly been technical glitches where it was just down that day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then part of it too, is I wasn't, there's been times I've asked to like research things. I think I did some stuff with Phoenix Volume Two, yeah. for our fire department, and some questions on on that. And it got like it was probably 80% accurate, but there's some things that wasn't accurate. And within, you know, within firefighting SOPs, 80% accuracy is probably not the best. You, you, you need 100%. <laughs> no, <yeah.
0: laughs>
1: so, so close, but not not quite. But it was. I mean, those are just things that I've I've tried to test the limits at, but yeah. it's really not. It's going off the rails, but it's not, you know, not interrupting my day, right? Sure. And I figured yeah. out what to. Be, I figured out what to what to have for dinner last night, even, <laughs> if, even if you know AI was no help to me and I didn't know if that was in my fridge. So
0: yeah, I, so I I've one thing that I think. I would caution people is sometimes you can become too dependent on it. Right. Like I, there's a, there is a degree of nervousness and I'm, I'm curious if you feel it the same way that it could deplete, um, expertise, right? Like if you lean on it too much, like, so you, you said something in the very beginning that I think is really important, right? Trust, but verify that information. So, If you're a city manager, an emergency manager, you just get this position and you don't have that expertise and you rely on AI to do it for you, you are going to embarrass yourself horrifically at some point or potentially get someone killed if it's a public safety thing because it's using a data set, right? And that data set could be anything. And depending on how you prompt it or ask it, it might pull Uh, from garbage data and garbage in garbage out is a concept in, you know, computer programming. If you're not feeding it good information, you're going to not get good information out. So Mm -hmm. I think, uh, a cautionary tale on my part is just to say like, you know, it is a augment, you know, like think of it as like the robotic. I think I've literally said this maybe in the other, one of the other episodes that I've done is it's like an exoskeleton, right? Like you're not really not using this anymore you're just enhancing what you already have. And I think if people understand that, A, it makes AI less scary um, because it's like, oh, it's not replacing me. I'm actually making myself even better. And then B, uh, it prevents you from falling into the trap of either laziness or getting yourself into a situation where you actually don't have knowledge of that. And that is, is I think, probably the, the scariest part of people using AI to do their job. And why I don't think it's replacing anyone any time in the near future.
1: Yeah, I would say, Zach, I am having read a number of government documents and whatnot. <laughs> I am much more scared <laughs> of what people are producing than Sorry. I am what AI is producing. So, no, but it goes back. And seriously, too, this is why, you know, I'm. Part of me is kind of like, okay, you've been tolerating very subpar work for a long time. Yeah, why are we just now having the conversation about it with AI? It yeah, seems kind of very interesting to me. But I'm glad we're having, I'm glad we're having the conversation about quality yeah. of work and bias and things like that. At yeah. least it, we're probably 30 years too late, but at least we're yeah. having this conversation, which sure. is good. But I think the most important thing is for folks to realize that no matter what, even if you write it with an AI, if you write it yourself, if you write it with a team of individuals, if you sign your name to a document, you are responsible for what it says. Yeah. Period end of story. And that's that's how I've adopted it. That's why I use it is yes, do I use it to write memos and help augment it? Absolutely do I read every single word to make sure I agree with that before I sign my name of that document? Yeah. That's my name. And yeah. it doesn't matter whether or not I wrote it myself or had some help writing it, or even if Microsoft office with the, you know, the the word predictor thing helps yeah. me do it too. So it's the same. It's all yeah. all the same to me and I got to be responsible for what I'm writing. And the yeah, that's I'm true. Producing.
0: That's a, that's an interesting point. Cause I mean, and the other thing is like, you know, uh, I mean, you know, specifically, I know I've seen it, you know, people are going to hand you documents that they put together and you're going to be like, I do not have time to read 300 pages. Like, give me the, like, you know, what at face value do I need to know? And and I trust you because you're someone I hired and I've, you know, trained you and I know your knowledge and expertise. So I'm going to sign it because I trust you. Uh, AI could actually probably save you in that situation because you may not have time to read it. Right. Like just go through this and Mm -hmm. see if it If if there's anything, you know, here's this document, here's the regulation. Does it sound like it meets that? And if it says, yeah, you're like, okay, like I'm not going to read it either way. (laughs) So uh, here we go.
1: (laughs) But Zach, I think those are things where you almost have to make, and that's probably why, I mean, that's why we have attorneys, right? Is to read 300 pages of documents. Yes. Um, But... I think those are important to do because if you don't do that, it's not, especially if it's a contract, it's not your money you're spending. It's your city's, it's your taxpayers dollars. Yeah. And so as good stewards of, of that, sometimes that means that you've got to stay up a little bit later that night and you're reading through 300 pages of documents because that's, that's the level of responsibility you and the, the burden you bear at the city manager level.
0: Yeah, that's why everyone that works in public sector just looks tired and uh you know wanders around like oh god another regulation I have to read and understand. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, very good point. And
1: you have and you have people to help you. You have your lobbyists, sure. you have your yeah. you know, you have other things legislative aids and there's things that could help you speed up the process. But
0: uh, yeah, that's yeah. so speed up the process. So I'm going to we'll kind of close this hour at 35 minutes here. Uh Does your district have a AI policy yet? Uh, Is there anyone who's sort of saying like you can use it for this or can't use it for that? I've seen some super arbitrary rules and laws getting put in place. Regulation, not laws, but like some sort of regulation, especially at higher ed level. Like it's so funny to watch universities be like, absolutely not. You can't use this. It's basically plagiarism. Okay, is a calculator plagiarism? Like if I'm making music, is playing a piano plagiarism? I didn't invent the instrument. I'm just using it to like create music, right?
1: so the answer to your question right now is we do not have one yeah but, well i'm not but we've also been very careful about what we're putting into it right and the easy Got thing it. for us is it's all public information so yeah. i'm not putting in unpublished information into the documents sure um, but i think with the policies people get just i think we need to slow down a little bit on the policy idea and really think through why do you want a policy What's yeah. the reason for that? What are the gaps that in your current policies that aren't applicable to AI? Because for us, if I read through my social media acceptable use policy, if I read through my internet usage policy, computer usage policy, it, it kind of covers AI, and oh, interesting, there's not, yeah, there's nothing in there that I would say, okay, this is totally different right. in terms of what I'm able to use, how I'm able to use a computer at work, how I'm able to use the internet at work. I think it all covers it. Um, so yeah, I think we've got to be careful with doing, another thing too I would say is if you're going to create a policy, create one that's, that fits you, don't yeah. just copy and paste someone else's. Like a good example for that is in, there's a policy in San Jose, California that is is somewhat restrictive what it could do. They, they allow some things, but somewhat restrictive, but their open records laws are significantly different than say yeah. open records laws in Arizona. Sure. So it would make no sense for an Arizona city to adopt a San Jose policy or vice versa because yeah. the very laws that undergird the entire idea of of the policy are not the same. So for San Jose, yeah, it makes sense to have a policy sure. because of what the what California law says.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And an internal policy versus like a, you know, an entire, you know, maybe agency policy like you might have something that basically says like uh, you know, it doesn't even have to be an actual policy, but like you just tell people like if you're going to use it, like a make sure it's not just basically using plagiarism. Although again, a lot of that stuff is open record, open source stuff. Emergency managers have a uh, you may have heard it, uh, you know R and D right? Rip off and duplicate. Yes, <laughs> so exactly, like a lot of people exactly. do. That's yeah, they're great. doing the like, fine replace stuff. <laughs>
1: If it's good, I don't care if it's plagiarized.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, like uh, understand, yeah, exactly. Your limits as to like, and again, talk to your lawyers and have them sort of like say like, this is what we can do. This is what we can't do. But. I, I am also in agreement that like yeah don't over sometimes we policy, put a policy in place because we're like oh this solves our this mitigates our risk but it's like well no actually once you have the policy if you operate outside that policy you're violating it and now you're creating a, a level of risk you didn't have before not to say that like just doing things for the sake of doing things isn't risky but uh yeah really really smart use the policy you know use your policy to uh maybe put guardrails on how you want to use it initially or just you know, to guide people, but don't over-policy. Um,
1: yeah, another th- other thing, ahead. Zach, too, is a lot of these folks that are creating policies on this, they have no clue what AI is. They don't know how large language models work. They're just creating a policy for the sake of creating a policy. And so I'd also add, too, don't create a policy before you know what you're talking about when yeah. it comes to large language models and AIs and stuff like that. Don't just create a policy and follow everybody else because you think you need one And you create something that's actually very, very restrictive, actually detrimental, or really opens you up for liability in other ways that are more significant.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I think that's uh, that makes perfect sense. Um, What do you think the future holds, particularly AI use in government?
1: I think there are some really great things that that I'd love to see happen when it comes to building internal large language models, where we could be trained on our own like your stuff. Yeah. On our own internal data and i'm yeah. thinking specifically of criminal justice information systems yeah. right where you could have that protection in there and have you know have it generate form fours or police reports or things like yeah. that based on the body camera footage or or just kind of expedite and augment that world but it'd be right. great to see that i think it's coming soon it's just a matter of
0: i K40. that's a Excellent, excellent point. I, uh, so I spent a few years as a deputy sheriff and how many times I call a supervisor, like, does this, is this a crime? (laughs) Like, is this, you know, like, and you're relying on hopefully someone on the department that has that knowledge and experience, but like, this could make it so much easier, right? Like you put in exactly like your statutes in there your, uh, department policies, your guidance from your district attorney's office, mm-hmm. and you type in, you know, person was driving 60 miles an hour, you know, the speed limit was 30. They hit someone. What is the crime here? You know, what are the elements of the crime that I have to fulfill? Will the district attorney's office, per, you know, persecute or prosecute this to, you know, like, cause you know, there are sometimes crimes that the district attorneys are like, no, we're not doing that. Cause we don't have time for it. Um, so like understanding that, Uh, could be hugely helpful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a really, really, really good point. Cops, I think stand a lot, especially actually all public safety, right? Like fire departments are probably in the best situation right now, but uh, ambulances and police forces are so critically low staffed right now that they got to start coming up with some real creative ways to augment the folks that are still there to make their lives easier. Uh, EMS I'm thinking like report writing, right? You just talk to the yep. machine. Tell them what you did, and let the machine file the report. Police departments—exactly yep. uh, what I was just talking about. You have a lot of expertise that's retiring right now. There's going to be a, a massive knowledge gap um, in uh, you know your your leadership and your um, your incoming officers. There's not going to be sort of that middle range in a lot of spots because like people are leaving the field and stuff, or not entering it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the firefighters, you know, can. I was, I was going to throw them under the bus, but I love my firefighters. So I'm not going to say anything because <laughs> yeah, I'm still best are, friends with a lot of them, <laughs> yeah.
1: but there are applications. You think of arson investigations and arson reports, fire investigation yeah. reports. So those are the type of things that I think can help out. And especially as some of the capabilities of chat of GPT five come out, with I can't the wait video with the video side of things. Think of what that does for a fire investigation yeah of sizing up an area when you come on scene those are the type of things that really i think help enhance because we already use things like drones we use you know we use ladders for aerial aerial um overlook and things like that so those are already kind of in our mindset but having ai augment that would be a just a huge game changer
0: yeah um any last thoughts before we, uh, I feel like we scratched a lot of surfaces, but didn't dive into anything. Each one of these could be its own, uh, you know, in-depth conversation. And perhaps sure. uh, it's in part of your course that you you go in-depth on a lot of these things. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Sure. Yeah. Real quick. i need to tell folks about that. So I we do go in-depth on in all these different areas. So I created the first course for ChatGPT or generative AI in the public sector. And so it's at civicinnovation.ai. It's 100% online, self-paced, so an asynchronous course you go through and we're gonna dive into what is a large language model, what is a decision support system and how to do prompting and a little bit of prompt engineering stuff. And then we just dive straight into the practical uses of how to use this in our daily life, whether you're an emergency manager, a police chief, a fire chief, if you're an economic development city manager, we all look at that and go step by step through all these different ways that we can leverage generative AI. Um it's not just Chat GPT, we do some other stuff with other other AI tools as well with the other course, but it's a lot of fun and encourage folks to sign up there at uh, civicinnovation.ai. It's a because so there's not there's no other course specifically designed for the public sector out there on this topic, which is pretty fun.
0: That is exciting. Right. We'll link to that in the show notes uh so everyone can have access. Uh and yeah, any closing thoughts? Uh what Yo, was your like for, your final word?
1: <laughs> thanks for having me on. That's this yeah. is uh it was fun. Like I said, very very last minute. Literally that's last minute. That's the way minute. I do it. That's and the that's way incredible. I do it. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Thanks for uh yep. thanks for doing this and and putting that out there to to do this. It's been not a lot of fun
0: Yes. So thank you, Micah, as well. And, uh, people can find you on LinkedIn. Uh, the, uh, the website, like I said, I'll, I'll post that online. Um, we want to continue to talk about this, so you know, if you have questions for Mike or I, if you have things that you want to know about AI use in government and emergency services, uh, you know, post those in comments, send us messages. Um, I'm sure I'll have Micah on again. Um, I'm going to just sort of like digest this. So, like again, this was last minute. I came up with a bunch yes. of questions. <laughs> I had them here. Uh, I only got to about a quarter of them. Uh, but there's a lot of information to to digest here, um, and if you're in this field as well, like I think it'd be great to sort of bring in even some additional people. Maybe we can do a panel yes. sometime with yeah. a group of folks from yeah. different sectors who are using it. Um, but but I guess I, I'll I'll leave with you. Just listen to someone who is in a you know. Pretty high position in a very big, growing city. They're using it. If they're not afraid of it, you know, why are you, right? They're using this to make really, really important decisions to help them. Um, You know, you should be doing this as well. Don't be afraid. And if you are afraid, you can reach out to either of us and we can help you through it. So thanks again, Micah. And uh, we'll talk soon.